Hallelujah. I said that my message today will be Pentecostal power continues. In those last moments when Jesus was with his disciples before he ascended, he told them the results of receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit. He said, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and even unto the uttermost parts of the earth. That promise of Jesus, that his disciples filled with the Holy Spirit would become witnesses to him everywhere, has been fulfilled and is being fulfilled today. I'll share with you in this message today some facts about that statement that I just made. What I want you to know today in particular is that the power of Pentecost, the power of God in the ultimate expression of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the purpose of which is to make us forceful, powerful witnesses for Jesus and His salvation, that power is not limited, is not terminated, is not even diminished, but that power continues in full effect and in full force today. Just as the Holy Spirit fell first for the first time on the day of Pentecost, and he started a great revolutionary move in the world, that power that was first delivered to the church on that first Pentecost day, that power is prevalent and still existent and still moving in the lives of the people of God this day who have chosen to walk with Him in the fullness of the Spirit. And you can find today, if you haven't approached the Lord for that blessing of being filled with the Holy Spirit, you can find today that experience for yourself in your life and discover the power and the victory that that experience provides for you. When Jesus first spoke to his disciples, he said to them, when he spoke to them about the coming of the Holy Spirit, I should rephrase that, not when he first spoke to them, when he spoke to them on that day of the ascension. And he told them to wait in the upper room in the city of Jerusalem. Actually, he said, wait in the city. He didn't tell them to wait in the upper room. He told them to wait in the city of Jerusalem till they receive power from on high. And, and, and 120 of them, according to the record, did that. He said to them at that time that he wanted them to continue, to continue in the move of the Spirit of God. Continue in waiting for the Lord. Wait and not let it come to an end before they were filled with the Holy Spirit. In the 14th chapter, I'm sorry, in the 14th verse of the first chapter of Acts, following that commandment he gave to them, the Scripture says that they, 
those who were in the upper room, they continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. They did not stop. They continued in prayer and supplication. The NIV says that they all joined together constantly in prayer. They were fully engaged in praying, praising, and waiting on God for the fulfillment of the promise. Right after the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit had fallen, great mighty things were happening. The power of God was on display. Thousands of people came to salvation. Right after that experience, and on that same day, they continued. It didn't stop when the Holy Spirit was poured out and they all spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave them that fullness and utterance. It didn't stop. It went on from there. The Scripture says in chapter 2 of Acts in verse 24, and they continued steadfastly in the apostle doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread by the way which included what we call the Lord's Supper and in prayers. They continued steadfastly. And then another version, the NIV says that they devoted themselves. They totally devoted themselves. They didn't give up. They didn't stop. They continued regularly, faithfully, and constantly. They continued. So continue means to keep going. I'm going to ask you to indulge me for just a little bit this morning, and I'm going to give you a little bit of an English lesson. Is that all right? I'm going to teach you a little bit that you might have learned in school and you may not have learned. Even if you did, a refresher course is always good. I'm going to teach you a little bit about continue. Because we use that word kind of carelessly sometimes. You know, you know uh, and, 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 and we don't understand exactly the nuance of it as we should. But to continue in the work of the Holy Spirit, to continue to move with the Spirit, to continue to live in the Spirit, continue to walk in the Spirit, is an experience of no intermissions, no recesses, no time off. It is supposed to be full time all the time. But sometimes we don't understand continue that way. Let me tell you two aspects of the word continue. When you say something is done continually, or when you say something is done continuously, you're saying two separate things. Most of what we practice about continuing with the Lord and walking with the Holy Spirit is done continually and not continuously. It's like this. I was, uh, I was, standing, I was sitting down this morning over here in this chair, and I kept standing up. So I was continuing to sit in that chair. But I was continually standing up. Stand up. Everybody stand. Stand up. And sometimes, no, 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 (laughs) no. Thank you so much for listening to me. Thank you for paying attention. (laughs) No, I'm saying that's what we were saying. And I kept standing up like you started to stand up. Because, Because, you see, continually standing up. I mean, I continued in this chair all morning until I walked up there. So I was sitting over here, and then we'd sing a song. I said, stand up. Stand up for prayer. Stand up. I'm continuing in this chair, but I'm doing it continually because 
I'm up and I'm down. Just like you are a lot of times. You're up sometimes. You're down sometimes. You're not continuously in the Holy Spirit. You're continually there. We had a difficulty with our church van not long ago with the air conditioner. And we, we tried to get that thing fixed. We put it in three or four times and we'd put it in the person that we took it to. He said, it's fixed. There's nothing wrong with it. I tested it out. Then when they take it and drive it a little while, the air conditioner would go out. That air conditioner was continuing to operate. Sometimes it didn't cool, but it was continuing to operate. It was operating continually. Now, because it's been repaired at a cost of $567, by the way, if you want to give something for that, it's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. They repaired it. And now, once you turn it on, it operates continuously until you turn it off, right? You drove over last night, it worked. But when it was operating continually, you couldn't count on it. Now that it operates once you turn it on continuously until you turn it off, it's a great blessing. Do you understand? Do you grasp what I'm telling you this morning? Because so much of the time, we continue with the Lord continually. When we ought to continue in the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, continuously. Without breaks, without interruptions, without stopping, full time, completely and totally committed to doing all the Lord would have us to do by walking in the Spirit without exception and without stopping at any other time. That's what Paul wrote, if Paul wrote the Hebrews, we believe he did, to them when he wrote in the 12th chapter of the first and second verse that we're to lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience. Let us run, he is saying, continuously the race that is set before us. Let us not give up. When he gave his own testimony, he was saying, I have continuously walked with the Lord. I have fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. I have continuously stayed with the Holy Spirit, walking with Him, serving Him, doing His will, and not giving up, not for any short period of time. I've continuously, constantly, faithfully, regularly, without exception, I have walked with the Holy Spirit in His power, and that's what God's power in the glory of Pentecost is supposed to do for us. It's supposed to give us that infusion of spiritual life and power that does not sway like the tide. It doesn't go in and out. It's always there. It's always constant. The power of God continues continuously if we'll walk with him in our lives. That's God's power and God's promise to us. And we, we don't want to miss it because that's what God has provided for us. The Pentecostal message today is, 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 is more accepted than it has ever been in the history of the world, even more so than at the day of Pentecost when, he, when, when the Holy Spirit first fell. Because it took a good while for that message to spread and become accepted generally. Today, in most places, though even people who don't necessarily agree with the Pentecostal message, who don't necessarily practice it, recognize the reality and the validity of it because they see the results of it. It is 
still the fastest growing segment of Christianity today. Pentecostalism is the fastest growing segment of Christianity today. There are today, according to most reports, as many as 500 million people who experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, and who are walking with the Holy Spirit in the truth of the Pentecostal message today. Now, that's a powerful statement. We're not alone. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, and I say this in a very positive way. I, I want to say it in a very positive way. I, I, I certainly in, mean it and intend it that way. The Southern Baptists just changed their policy on their missionaries going to the foreign field. There was a time up until just recently, just within the last few weeks, there was a time when anybody, they asked the question of missionary candidates, do you practice speaking in tongues? And if you said yes, you were automatically disqualified. You could not go to the mission field under their appointment. They recently changed that. And they said now if someone answers that yes, they're just as qualified and maybe more so to go to the mission field than anybody else. Amen. Praise God. God bless the Southern Baptists. God bless them. I'm glad they got on board to that extent anyway. And praise God for it. I, I say that sincerely. I think that's a great step of declaration. And God will, will shower his blessing upon them. Of course, it's a fact. If you go to the mission field today, especially in South America, certainly in the sub-Saharan part of Africa, if you go, and almost anywhere in the mission field today, if you go there, the, one of the first things you're going to be encountering massively as people are coming to Christ is that people are baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And if you're a missionary and you don't, you're kind of on the sidelines. Brazil has one of the greatest full gospel, charismatic, Pentecostal movements in the world still going on today. And almost everybody who is coming into Christ in Brazil is coming into a Pentecostal experience and with Pentecostal people worshiping. So God is still moving. He's moving all over the world. And it's a great and powerful thing for us to know and wonderful that we're a part of it. When I came to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I really didn't understand it. I didn't know very much about it. And, and I've learned a lot since those days. And I still don't know everything about it and probably never will. But I have learned enough to know how to, how to practice walking with God and to know that the power of God is not just in speaking in tongues. The power of God comes from the Holy Spirit as we walk closely with Him and He makes Jesus very real, very personal, and primary in our lives because that's what the Holy Spirit came to do. He came so that we could be led into the fullness of Christ and to the fullness of the understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, Jesus said when He comes, He will teach you about me. So any work that is supposed to be of the Holy Spirit that does not glorify and honor Jesus is false and pseudo-spiritual. If it doesn't give Jesus his rightful place, the virgin-born Son of God who died for our sins rose from the dead, ascended and is at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. If it doesn't give the proper glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ, it is not of the Holy Spirit. 
So there's, there's, a, there's, now, there's a worldwide acceptance of this message. When I, when I came to the Lord, I'm just going to tell you one, this one little quick experience. Because, I, because sometimes I like to tell you what I've experienced so that you won't do the same thing. A lot of things in my growing up in Christ, I did wrong. The only reason I survived was the mercy of God. I didn't, I didn't survive because I knew anything. What God actually did was he conquered my ignorance. By the way, it's all right to be ignorant. You know, it's not a, it's not a pejorative to be ignorant. Everybody's ignorant about some things. I'm, 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 I'm ignorant about nuclear fission. One reason I don't know anything about it is because I don't want to know anything. I don't care anything about it. But you can say, I'm totally ignorant of it. That's, that's, that's not necessarily somebody saying, well, you're just a stupid person. There's a difference in being stupid and ignorant. I can't help you if you're stupid. I can help you if you're just ignorant. Provided you don't want me to teach you about nuclear fission. If you want me to teach you about the, you want me to teach you about the Holy Spirit, if you're ignorant about that, I can help you. If you're ignorant about Jesus, I can help you. If you're ignorant about the Bible, I can help you. But if you're just plain stupid, I can't do anything for you. Okay, so now, so, so when I came to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and, and they said, you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. First thing they told me was I could be sanctified. And then I got an experience and I said I was sanctified. I wasn't, but I said I was because they told me I was. And I thought I was. I found out a long time later I wasn't sanctified and I'm still working on that part. But, but, but they told me I could be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They said, and they said, well, it, how? I said, well, how can I be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, all you have to do is praise the Lord. Just keep praising the Lord. So I'd praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And every service, I'd go out to the altar. And I'd praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Nothing happened. I'd praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Nothing happened. And I'd not question them again. I'm t- people that wanted to help me. I mean, and they would say, well, if you just, just, just don't give up, just don't give up. Just keep praising the Lord. Well, I... I've learned that the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and this is what I want you to know, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a gift of faith. That's a gift of God to you. And by faith, you can ask the Lord, and you should, if you've not been filled with the Holy Spirit, you should ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit and then walk in trust and confidence, believing Him. Let the Holy Spirit work in your life and, 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 and bring you into that fullness in God's time, God's readiness. I didn't understand that. I was told, I thought that everything I got from the Lord, I was supposed to get it right now. When they told me I, once I was saved, I need to be sanctified. I got down and prayed and prayed and prayed. I had a great, wonderful spiritual experience. And they said, well, are you sanctified? I said, I guess so. I just had to, yeah, I am. And so I was just going by what I knew, but I didn't know enough. See, I was, I'm telling you, I was ignorant about a lot of things, but, but I was sincerely ignorant. So when I started seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they told me, I, well, that's what you do is you just praise the Lord. I would come down to the altar. And our little church, it didn't have a beautiful altar like this, a little small altar. I plan to see that very soon in the next few days if they still have it there. And, 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 it, and I would come down to the altar on, on that kneeler, and I'd oh, cry, cry, oh, God, baptize the Holy Spirit. And that's not the way to receive, I'm telling you. I'm just telling you that's all I knew. But God is merciful. Do you know that God sometimes will do things that we're, he will overcome things that we're doing in our own ignorance just because God's merciful to us, it's because God loves us, because God wants to bless us. I'll shorten this. So I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. But, but the night that I did, and then nobody should ever do this. So one day I'll take time to tell you this whole story. Nobody should ever do this. But I had just gone on so long, people kept telling me. I thought it was me. I thought it was my failure. I thought I was the fault at fault in not receiving the baptism. And so therefore, one Wednesday night, 
I was down and kneeling at that altar, and three or four people were down there waiting for me, including the pastor who was there. And I said, Lord, I'm not leaving this place tonight until you baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure they must have all looked at each other. I didn't see it because my back was to them as I knelt. I'm sure they must have looked around and said, oh, no, what has he said? Because I tried and tried and tried so many times. And I kept on crying out. And I'd say, oh, God, praise him, 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 praise him. That's not the way to receive, but I'm just telling you that's the way I did because I didn't know any better. I'm telling you this so you will know better than I did. This is not the way. But the way to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus, honor him, praise him. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I'm ready, Lord. Show me. Lead me. I'm ready. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And by faith, receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It will come to you if you're earnest in desiring it, hungry to receive it, and reach out to let the Lord fill you. I'm not talking about getting saved and going to heaven now. And don't get it confused. I'm talking about a fullness of the Spirit that's beyond once you've been saved. So that night, finally, I draped myself over the altar. And I mean literally draped myself over the altar. Right up to exhaustion. The Holy Spirit came. And I know just in mercy to me. Because I wasn't going to get up. I was going to stay there all week if I had to. I wasn't going to get up. I will say this for myself. I did have a determination. Didn't have much knowledge. Not much understanding. But I did have determination. So I stayed and stayed and stayed. Finally, the Lord filled me with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I'll just stop right there. I, there's, a, there's other things following that that I could tell you. But I won't take time to do it. I'm just telling you that, that, there is a, that, that it, is, it is not a, an exercise of, of strenuous uh, 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 crying out and, 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 and pleading and calling on God. It, it, that isn't the receiving of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as I just said. You reach out, you praise him, you bring glory to his name, you exalt Jesus, glory to your name. Jesus, you said that the Holy Spirit would come upon us. You said that. You promised it, Lord. I'm here. I'm a candidate for that promise. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're not interested, in all likelihood, God's not going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to decide that's what you want. And, and, and again, I want to clarify for a lot of folks, be sure you know I'm talking about what I'm talking about. This is not something you have to receive to go to heaven. This is just something that God gives us for greater power in witnessing, for greater power in service, and for a great experience that we need to have with him daily walking in victory in our lives. So, so all, of, all of this now is to tell you that that. There's a, there's a great acceptance. I didn't have any difficulty accepting this message because I didn't know anything else. I just believed what they told me in the church where I was saved. And they were right in most things that they told me. Just in how to receive the baptism, they were not necessarily right. But they didn't know. They told me what they knew, and it had just passed along. And, and in any event, the important thing is that God was merciful and filled me with the Holy Spirit. And it's been real ever since. I'll say it was genuine and it was legitimate. And when I get to tell you the whole story about that sometime... You'll, uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, some, I'm just standing here amazed at the grossness of my own lack of knowledge and my own ignorance of the time. But thank God he gives us light and leads us through and brings us out and enlarges us in our understanding and gives us a greater relationship and fellowship with him as the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus more and more and more to us in our lives. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I, 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 had some, I had some excerpt from an interview that was done about somebody trying to explain the baptism of the Holy Spirit to people that don't know. I'm not going to get into all that. I'm just going to say this much in, in my conclusion to this message this morning. The day of Pentecost was a beginning. It would seem that the cross was an ending. We saw that it was not. The resurrection proved that the cross was not the end. And then Jesus showed himself alive, proved himself, Luke said in Acts when he wrote the first chapter, proved himself alive by many infallible proofs that he had risen from the dead. And then, beyond that, he said, I'm going to send you a comforter. If you will wait in the city of Jerusalem, you will be endued with power from on high. 120 of them waited and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. That seemed like another opportunity to say, well, now we've got it. That's what he told us to do. We waited, and here we are. But that's not what happened either. Once they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they couldn't stop. At that point in time, they could not quit. They had to keep going because the Holy Spirit had infused them with power, had changed their lives, had anointed them, and authorized them, delegated them as his witnesses to exalt the name of Jesus, which they started to do immediately. And the Holy Spirit began to move in that time, and he has been in this world among the people of God ever since. Even in dark days when people did not understand this and this message faded away, there were people always who were filled with the Holy Spirit maybe who didn't understand it, but were filled. And then, at the turn of this century, God revived the Pentecostal message again. And I believe he declared that as a message of the last days. You say, well, that's been 100 years ago. Not at the beginning of the last century, I should have said. Around 1906, when the Holy Spirit was poured out again, that the move began all over the country and really came together at Azusa Street in Los Angeles. And, and, and that has been more than 100 years since then. You say, well, if it was for the last days, it's a long period of the last days. Listen, when the disciples said to Jesus, just before he went back to heaven in his ascension, the first thing they said when they gathered with him around, before Jesus could say anything to them, the first thing they said, Lord, was, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Are you coming here today to sit on the throne and take over the government of Israel? And what did Jesus say to them? It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own hands. But you, this is what you're supposed to do. While you wonder about when I'm coming back again, while you wonder about the kingdom, while you wonder about the end times, while you wonder about prophecy, while you're doing what, this is what you're supposed to be doing. You are to wait in the city of Jerusalem until you're filled with power from on high. And then when you're filled with that power, you'll be witnesses to me. That's what you're called to do. I'll take care of the end time. I'll take care of the calendar. You just keep the appointments I've made for you and I'll set up the calendar. I'll determine when things are going to happen and you'll find out when you need to know. But what you need to know right now is get all the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Get the power I'm offering you and then go forth as my witnesses and do my work and bring glory to my name. That's what you're called to do. And that, friends, and that, friends is what we're called to do today as well. That's what our calling is today. 
I'm not saying we shouldn't know some things about the end time. Obviously, I teach about it myself. I'm, I'm just saying that that's not what the significantly important thing is. The significantly important thing is that you be filled with the Holy Spirit in your life so that you can walk with God in power and victory and bring glory to His name in your life as His witness testifying for Him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. And right after, right after they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and Peter preached that powerful message, which was his witness and his testimony, and thousands of people came to Jesus in salvation. The Scripture says after that they continued steadfastly in prayer and fellowship, the breaking of bread. They continued in the fellowship that included the Lord's Supper. 